behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Buckle up, Score North faithful. It's time for another episode of the Taxi Squad. A obituary type sorts. A funeral morning kind of atmosphere this evening on Wednesday. Was it January 18th? The Minnesota Vikings are officially dead. Dead in the water. Put a fork in them. They're done. They fall in the first round of the NFL playoffs to the New York Giants at home. And we will get to that and so much more. We'll talk Wolves. We'll talk Wild. But before we do that, let's get into the crew today. I am AJ Fredericton. I'm joined alongside by Mr. Artis Woods and Mr. Jason Stormer. Gentlemen, how are you? Are you recovered? Are you still drying those tears? What What's the emotions like here now a few days removed from that loss on Sunday? Man, I personally have just mixed emotions, man. Mixed emotions because... It was hard not it's hard not to say we didn't see it coming to an extent. So it's kind of like I kind of went into it like I think the Vikings will win, but I wouldn't be surprised if they lost. So I'm kind of just in between with it. I'm still kind of coming to grips with the fact that like the Giants are in the divisional round of the postseason. Like that's nuts to me, but and who are they playing? Philadelphia and the, Jag- and the Jaguars. <laughs> Ooh, right, assume. and the Jaguars. How crazy was that? Mm-hmm. But those are just my quick thoughts on how I feel. What about you, Jason? Sad, depleted, every word that's a synonym with those two, pretty much. Really thought, really thought this team had at least one playoff win in them. But no, I I guess not. Um, I just want to get into it right now. Um, There's two avenues with which I really just want to just really sink my teeth into with this Minnesota Vikings team in particular. The first being the last play of the game, the fourth and eight check down to TJ Hawkinson. What are we doing? What what, what are we doing right there? Not throwing beyond the sticks. I I have no reasonable explanation for that. I mean, I know a lot of people have broken it down and stuff. Kurt Warner did a really good breakdown. Obviously, us at Score North have done a huge breakdown of that, but it's just like, I can't recall a time I've been more infuriated by a Vikings play. I I, I I was aside myself when that happened. The other thing I got to bring up too, just right away, is the defense. We have talked about it all year long. It's been a problem all year long, and it manifested itself in the worst possible way. That was arguably the worst performance of the defense all year long, guys. And it happened in the playoffs. Look, we've talked about the Vikings not showing up to their losses. That wasn't the case in this game. They showed up to this game. They got beat pretty honestly by the Giants. But for as fun as this season was, for the roller coaster as it was, for all the credibility that was built up, oh, man, I'm walking away from this game just very, very disappointed, both in the decision-making of our best players the coaching decisions as well, and the lack of adjustments. And now I'm just kind of beside myself, and I'm just like, all right, we're done. And it just feels like it's way too soon. 
I know that like as the coming weeks go along, I'll reflect on this and I, I know it will be like, all right, that was a really fun season. We had the Buffalo game, the Colts game, which me and artists and Grant were there for. So like, I'll always have like really great memories of this game or of the season, I should say. But of this game in particular, I am, just, I'm heated. I, I fully admit I'm just heated because I feel like there were things that could have been avoided in this game. Some uh, precautions could have been taken and they just weren't. And now we're uh, left with, you know, heading to the golf courses, you know, down in Arizona and Florida. Now it's, it's over and I'm, I'm sad and I'm done talking about me being sad. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> such a bummer. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. It's tough. Um, and we'll get into it because I the our predictions, I was the lone person to pick the Giants. Yes. It was just one of those I felt nah, don't applaud that. I'm not happy about that. You're correct though. You're correct. I'll give you credit for that. Um but yeah, I'm mad at you for being right. I just had that feeling all all week long. Like Saquon, I think I said it on the last show. I two touchdowns by him, and there you go. The thing is I, I the entire time I'm like God, it's Daniel Jones. What is what is happening? It took a historic performance. Did you guys see the final stat that like the little graphic they throw uh, threw up on the screen after the final whistle? Um, I did not. Daniel Jones, the first player in <clears throat> NFL playoff history to throw for over 300 yards, rush for 70 plus, oh. and I think record two touchdowns. Yeah, two or more, I should say. So it, it's a, it's kind of one of those where you're like you're dr- kind of like drawing the fence at a certain point to get that stat, but. It's still a historic performance, nonetheless, and just kind of like both of you sort of said, the defense is not great. I've been saying it all year. The defense is awful. The defense is awful, and it's going to be addressed in the offseason. There's aging guys on that on that defense. You have a Harrison Smith, who I think, when healthy, can still be that guy mm. if you know at times. But we saw Patrick Peterson not be able to. You know, he got burnt on one of those touchdowns badly. And, and there can be a lot that goes into like those types of coverages. But like Jordan Hicks, he did have somewhat of a bounce back impressive year. And he was having that at the start. We we haven't seen that much from him down this final few games stretch of the season. Um, Eric Kendricks. It, it's it's so weird because I, I can't shake the two or three years ago of him being one of the elite linebackers in the NFL. And now watching Sunday I'm like god he just he just doesn't have it anymore he's just not Eric Hendricks anymore he he you know he, he, he the name Eric Hendricks to me doesn't bring that that umph behind it now so and you know for how hot of a start Zadarius Smith had for his Vikings tenure he got banged up and then you rest him I we I think a lot of people assumed we would have a little impact there they could not get to Daniel Jones whatsoever. It's there's a lot of question marks going into the offseason for this defense. And I, as much as a, it's fun to kind of maybe talk about that fourth and eight season on the line, Kirk throws, you know, three yard drop off to Hawkinson and whatever. That's one play. The defense is out there for, you know, 50% of the game. Like, so it's so hard to watch the offense put up such a, like a pretty good day only for the defense to do nothing. So 
just really tough. Just really tough. Uh, quick on that fourth and eight, like you were mentioning, Jason. I know Kirk had the explanation of, you know, he felt pressure. And I understand where he's coming from when he says he doesn't want to take a sack to end, like to end the season. You want to at least give a chance because maybe TJ Hawkinson just goes full beast mode real quick, sure, throws a guy off him, scampers, picks up the first down, and you just keep going. But at the same time, not every team has Justin Jefferson on 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 their side. We you saw what he did against Buffalo. You you've been with him all season long. If at this point you don't trust him up enough to have a double triple coverage on him with a season on the line, I don't know when you trust him. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Um, is there anything that maybe stuck out other than? the obvious things of that fourth and eight or the defense that maybe really caught your guys. I have one, I believe it was the Hodgins touchdown, but the giants is left tackle with a blatant false start. That oh went, yeah. That oh, was super obvious. Andrew that Thomas? was super obvious. I, yeah. I, maybe, okay. Um, but I mean, there he, was a, yeah. I don't think it was him. It was He's their top. left tackle though. Isn't he? I don't think it was Andrew though. Maybe left guard. It might be, it might have right. been left guard. Okay. It might have been left guard. Yeah, but I know what player um, you're talking about though. Yeah. It, either way, it was uh, whatever lineman, the, the most obvious false start that I forget who it was that was like rushing on his side, just stopped playing and like looked at the ref and the ref didn't throw a flag. It was so obvious, so obvious, and it mm-hmm. leads to a touchdown and that's points on the board. I don't like blaming the officials ever. And that same thing with the Kirk thing. That's one play. That's one instance. There's millions of in, of like instances in a game that decide the fa- the fate of it, especially in a, in a one score game like that. But um, yeah, that's uh, mm-hmm. that's such a tough way to go out. So the season's done. Um, maybe we can talk about what you guys think. What would you give a letter grade for Kevin <laughs> O'Connell? First year. Oh, first year as a head coach of the Vikings. It does end on a little bit of a sour note because he does take, you know, a decent amount of the blame on that last offensive play of the season. But overall, 13 wins. I think everybody had him around like what had the Vikings maybe seven at the very least, but as high as I think Colin Cowherd had them at 12, but that was at the time pretty outlandish. So I think everybody was sitting like seven to like 10, maybe 11, but I think seven to 10 was probably a good range. They exceed that by three wins. Yeah, I think honestly, I I will give him a B. I will give him a solid B. I do think overall it's been a good season. Overall it's been a good season, but you know, I think a playoff win moves you from a B to an A to me or at least an A minus because, you know, next round you I think they would have played San Francisco next round if they won and Yes, they would have I don't know if anybody's I just don't know if anybody's getting past them. I'm not sure. So, I mean, you can you don't want to just accept a loss but you the loss doesn't you could swallow that loss a little better than swallowing a loss to the New York Giants like that's just I have I haven't really commented on the game yet <laughs> so give me a second to to talk about this for a second oh yeah go ahead go ahead my thing is Ed Donatel has to go like he has to go oh, um yeah. the 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 personnel like it is what it is at this point you knew you know who you have on your defense and it seems like all season, he didn't really make any adjustments, it seemed like. Like, no. teams figured you out week three, week two, and you he really didn't make any changes. You played Daniel Jones already. 
He threw, I think, like 40-something passes in that game, which we know Daniel Jones ain't throwing the ball that many times. That's not his game. But their coach over on that end is so confident against that defense that I can drop Daniel Jones back however many times I need to to throw. And he still he had his best two games of the year against the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. Coming into this game, you had to know you had to make some adjustments to stop that. And you let him get whatever he want from passing the ball and running the ball. You let him do both. You, you got to shut one of them down. <laughs> You let him do both. You let Saquon basically do whatever he wanted to do. Um, I, I don't. I don't blame Kirk too much for this, but the he's just he's, he's the last play we, of the game is be, unacceptable. We have, right? We have yeah. to be honest about Kirk at this point. He is not the guy. He's just not the guy. He's just not the guy. Like he's a really he's a good player. He's a good player. He can play. But it is moments like that, fourth and eight, where it's like, yo, what was that? I felt pressure, so I dumped it down. No, you back up and you throw it again, like AJ said, to your best player, who I think should have touched the ball a lot more in this game. I know they were double teaming and bracketing him and doing all that stuff, but not a single catch in the fourth quarter. I'm force feeding him the ball. KOC, how about some type of play? Like he came from that, that Rams coaching tree. I mean, they get Cooper Cup open. They teams know that Matthew Stafford is going to Cooper Cup. Find a way to get him. To, find a way to get your playmaker to football. That was just unacceptable. But again, I, I don't want to. I don't want to put it all on the offense because the offense did put up enough points to beat the New York Giants. They ain't scoring thirty one next week. I can assure that. It's this is on this is about the defense, who which we all knew was an issue. It was an issue all year. It was an issue all year and. We said coming into this game, I think the week before when they lost to Green Bay, they got blown out. We were like, yeah, they, this team looking like a first-round exit. We kind of said it then. But it's like, it's the playoffs. You're thinking they're going to flip that switch. They've never lost a one-possession game this season, and boom, they lose one to a team that is also really good at winning one-possession football games. Like, mm-hmm. this is a game that they should not have lost. And I think because they lost this game, after having 13 wins, like, there are there are drastic changes that need to happen. You need to... Mm-hmm. I and and people are not gonna like me saying this, but I'm gonna say it. I mean, I wouldn't be upset if the if the Vikings at some point drafted a quarterback, second first or second round. I wouldn't be mad at that. Like I said, Ed Donatel has to go, and I think that's the first move you make. You bring in a defensive coordinator and you ask him, "What do you need to make your system work?" And move around that because the offense is good enough to score. Mm-hmm. But then you gotta do something about quarterback at the end of the day too. So yeah. that's just my. Quick takeaways, man. I thought that was just Daniel Jones. And the Giants are not that good. They're not that good. They're just not that good. Like when when you you watch them. Vikings are confirmed frauds. Man, I think so at this point, bro. (laughs) Like I think it's I think it's clear now. I think it's clear now. Like oh, oh, I will retract that statement if they come out and they beat Philly. If they beat Philly, I can't say that about Minnesota because that just means the Giants were just on a run. And they just went through the number one seed, the number three seed, and they're in the NFC Championship. I can't say that then. Then it's like, okay, this is okay, they're really this good. But like, I don't think they're that good. I, I really don't. They don't have a ton of weapons on the outside. Daniel Jones is having a good year, but he's not any I don't view him as as an elite quarterback. I just don't. And Saquon Barkley is Saquon Barkley. He's elite. But I mean, that, that's that there's not a lot there for them to put up 31 points. It's just, it's just not. So I, this was 
This was bad. It was tough to see. And I know I cracked the joke about, oh, it will be a great matchup for Philly, though, if they seen the Giants. And I still feel that way. But I didn't want to see the Vikings go out like this, man. I really didn't. Like, that mm-hmm. was just, I was tough. Yeah, it hurts. And it'll hurt for a while. Because we'll have these plays in particular, particularly the fourth and eight, that'll be etched into our brains until we start seeing football games come August and September. We're going to be thinking about that all offseason. Uh, back to the potential letter grade for KOC. You gave him a B, right? I gave him a B, um, yeah. Actually, I, I mean, up until this playoff game, I was probably like an A- minus with him. Wait, yeah. not to interrupt you, I, and I'll let you comment on it. The fourth and one, though? Were they, or was it third and one where they did like I, the jet sweep? I was the going back to bring to whatever that, play that was. up. Go ahead. I was, okay, I was just going to bring that up after the letter grade because cool. AJ mentioned, yeah, what other plays did you guys notice or whatever. Um, I was going to probably give him like an A minus. Uh, that's probably what I had him going into this game. I got to knock that down to at least a B plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got to give any coach credit for winning 13 games in their first season, no matter what. Uh, in, in the regular season in particular. I mean, sure, there's going to be a lot of like postseason things that are left to be desired here, and we're going to be monitoring that very closely the next time the Vikings are in the playoffs, hopefully next season. Um, but still, a lot of I'm still very confident the direction that KOC is taking this in particular. Um, with that Donatel, though, I, I am in a full agreement with you. I would like to move on from him as defensive coordinator. Um, if that means ways of firing him, that's unfortunate. Maybe we could find a way where he retires or something like that. So it's less messy. I don't really know. But when you have maybe not statistically the worst defense, but second to worst defense in the NFL. And when it reared its ugly head this bad in the most crucial of times, changes need to be made. And both from a coaching perspective, probably, but also players too, like you guys mentioned, Zadaria Smith, Eric Hendricks, Patrick Peterson, Will these guys be back? Patrick Peterson probably had the worst game of his season. Uh, he graded the lowest out of all Vikings PFF-wise. Next lowest was Eric Kendrick. So, like, statistically, like, these guys' output was just absolutely horrendous. Mm. Um, and, and I don't like being the guy that, like, calls for people to be fired. You know what I mean? I don't want to be that guy. I wouldn't want people to say, hey, Jason Stormer should be fired from Score North. That would make me feel really sad. Don't say that in the comment section, anybody. Nobody ever say that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so I don't like ever like being that guy, but I understand that it's part of the business of the NFL. Like This is just... It's part of the content that we got to talk about with, with this kind of stuff. So... I'm not going to come out here, and I'm sure you guys don't even know. Like, I'm not going to like throw out any potential defensive coordinator names. No. I don't even know who potentially would be out there. We still need to see maybe some dominoes to fall. Um, with regards to this, though, um, I know that KOC and Quazy had a press conference today, just to you know, season wrap in press conference or whatever. Um, no decision has been made as of yet. They said that they are still in the process of trying to figure this whole thing out. So nobody's been let go. Uh, nobody's been extended. Cut. Not, nothing like that. Um, I know that uh, Keenan McCardle's name has been brought up as an offensive coordinator job for, I forget the name of the team. So actually it looks like maybe some... There might be some Vikings coaches that could be poached here. I don't know if like Wes Phillips' name is getting brought up maybe as a potential head coach potentially i don't really know he had a really good season um i would expect him back him back though um but yeah that third and one i know it was in the first quarter it was very early and so the vikings probably thought they could get cute but if they uh let me just say if you're trying to get cute in the playoffs no matter what that's uh that's not something that's going to work out well for you i don't know what they were thinking artists 
<laughs> I don't know what that was. Um, I know that they've thrown a pass to Kirk earlier in the season. I forget which game it was. Um, so I think there was some precedent for a play like that in the playbook, but not right now, not in this situation. It just, I, I really hope I can put that on a first year head coach. Yeah. Still trying to figure himself out. Still like maybe thinking a little bit of himself in his first year, having a really good season thinking, all right, I've done all these things that got us 13 wins. Maybe I can keep doing them here in the playoffs. No, sir. Adjustments need to be made. And in terms of the lack of adjustments that Ed Donatel didn't make, we also got to put that on KOC ultimately as well. Because it is on KOC as the head coach to get on his coordinators and other coaches when they are not performing. And I know that there were times when uh, they said that Ed and Kevin met up and said, like, um, I think there was even an instance where KOC uh, had a meeting with Ed and, like, schemed against his defenses and, all right, here's everything that I can do against your defense. What are you going to do about it? And I think Ed made a slight adjustment, but in terms of the adjustments that have been needed over the last couple weeks, it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. And that's just, I, I just have to put that up to negligence. And I'm not saying Ed Donatel's a bad coach. I mean, he's been in the NFL for a very long time, and he's had success a lot of places, but just for whatever reason, this year, and you know what? I think the personnel does have something to do with it. I just think, I mean, we, we've said it, the Vikings got an aging old defense at this point, and there's not a lot of, I mean, guys, I mean, in terms of up-and-coming defensive talent on this team, Who's like the guy that we look to on the Minnesota Vikings where we're like, all right, that's the guy on defense that is a rising star. Do we have that right now? Mm. Lewis Seen got hurt. Brian Osamoa flashed a little bit. We thought maybe Cam Bynum could maybe supplant Harrison Smith, but Cam Bynum maybe took a step back this season. Daniil Hunter's gotten older. Patrick Jones is decent, but as of right now, there is really nobody on this Vikings defense where I'm just like, that's the guy I'm really looking forward to in terms of being a stalwart on this defense. Maybe Cam Dantzler? I don't really know. But changes need to be absolutely made. And um, in terms of the Vikings being frauds, though, man, if they got absolutely destroyed by the Giants, like if they didn't show up like it was Philly, like it was Green Bay the second time around, like it was Dallas, like it was Detroit the second time around, like it was the Colts the first half, then okay, I would be coming on this program and I'd be like, frauds, 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 capital F-R-A-U-D, frauds. Okay. I saw, I saw you but look over to make sure the spelling was correct. You had to point that out. You had to point that out. Why did you do that? I knew I was doing that. I looked over. I was like, these guys burn up. <laughs> I, I wasn't in my spelling bees in w, middle school. Let's put it that way. Kenya. Anyway, what was I saying again? No, the Vikings, I, I can't call them frauds because they did to an extent show up to play against the Giants. Uh, it just, they, they, they got beat and I think they got beat pretty honestly, even though we can criticize a lot of things about the game. Um, the giants were just the better team. That was pretty obvious. Um, but are like, is the fraud line right here? And are they like, just, just above the fraud line? You, you better believe they are one game over 500 of the fraud line. Let's just put it that way. Like it's, it's not by a lot, but, uh, uh it's just still really just a bummer. Anyway, have you guys ever done like the like a connected franchise artist? You might have because I know you're a big Madden guy, but like 
the mm-hmm. franchise mode on Madden where you and sometimes you do the fantasy draft and, you, yeah. you know, the Vikings are essentially what every like middle schooler would probably do or like maybe me 10 years ago would probably do where it's like. All right, sweet. We're going all offense for like the first 10 rounds. <laughs> right. And then at a certain point, they're like, oh, my God, <laughs> I have a defense. Right, and then it's right. like, who's there? Who's there? Oh, Patrick Peterson. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Patrick Peterson. Sure. Uh, all right. Who else? Who else? <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Zadarius Smith. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jordan Hicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Cam Bot. Yeah, okay. And then you get it and you see the final score and you're like, offense, 92 overall. Defense, 77 overall. Overall team grade, 85. Like, <laughs> right, right, like, right. So we're good, but not really. <laughs> Like, right yeah the offense is gonna have to win us games like that it's they need somebody so this offseason i expect come draft time whatever i think they have the 23rd pick mm-hmm. um i expect defense i expect cornerback mm-hmm. go go get somebody that's somewhat <laughs> decent you have to start bolstering um and i know they've committed us um to kirk like for another year not that there, I think there was any really doubt there. Um, last year when uh, Quasey and O'Connell came in, they had that maybe like smallish grace period where they could have been like, hmm, maybe we will, maybe we won't. Maybe Kirk's not the end. They, they committed. They know, okay, we're in it again for sure, no matter what. Let's let's focus on defense here this year, fellas. Go get what, what I, I we don't know yet because the season's not over, but like what, free agents are going to be there for defense that we can maybe go poach because I, uh, I need, I need this team to not regress next year when you have a very good Justin Jefferson, when you have, you know, a, a, a Kirk cousins, that's kind of come out of his shell at the age of what? 33, 34 or whatever 34, he is. Somewhere around in there. Yeah. yeah. Like there's not a lot of QBs. There's not a lot of people that you see like evolve as a person that late in their career. And he did. So you're getting a better Kirk Cousins and the stats maybe regressed on paper. But what you saw in game, if you watch the games, you're like, I'll take 2022, 20 slash maybe a little 23 Kirk Cousins anytime over any Kirk Cousins in the past. Just because he was out there for the most part slinging that thing with with some swagger. So um, would you guys would you guys draft a quarterback at any point in this upcoming draft? I mean, maybe obviously not. The okay, first round okay, pick, okay, but, but like we're not talking like a seventh round? rounder, right? No. We're not talking like a flyer. So we're talking no. about a legitimate, like a top, like a one, two, or a three, right? Um, it it would concern me that it, well, I mean, not that that player would be the same player, but it would concern me that we'd then have like a Kellen Mond situation again, where we spend a pretty high draft pick on a guy that ultimately didn't make it with the team because, I mean, sure, Kellen Mond just didn't perform well, but he was going to be blocked out by Kirk Cousins anyway. So, I mean, it, it doesn't, yeah, it would depend on it would depend on who would be available. Um, there's so many quarterbacks in this class that some are bound to fall for like whatever reason. Right. Um, I don't know who that be, obviously, like the CJ Strouds or the Alabama quarterback. I mean, those guys are probably gonna go like one, two, or three. Um, I know there's like the there's like a Kentucky quarterback and like I, I don't know. There there this is a deep draft class, so there's yeah. there's gonna be options. I think okay, I mean, as much as Kirk did 
like whatever credibility it did build up in the season, like sure that fourth and eight play, I, he, he did like he did take his credibility did take a hit for me on that because it's just like sure like we saw the other things that happened with Kirk that we wanted. We saw him be like more of a leader in the locker room. We saw him take more risks, but ultimately, what did the end result still get us? The exact same thing. And so it's just like, how much of a difference really will it make? But I think he still built up enough credibility with the front office, with his coaches, that he will be back next year. He should. I think he should be back next year. And I think he should. And so I think if that's the case, like I don't want to. I'm hesitant to draft a quarterback, no matter if Kirk is on the roster. Even if you can let that quarterback just sit for a year and learn under Kirk, I don't know if I necessarily want that to be the case. Um, cause I, I'm hesitant to burn up a rookie scale contract. If you can get a rookie quarterback playing in that first year, that's the ideal situation. But, but I kind of, man, I'm kind of with you artists. I like, like you gotta, just like, at some point you got to start planning for the future, man. You, you got to Kirk. This is the problem with Kirk. You don't know where you are at. Yeah. You, you, but, you but, are so but stuck you in the present with thing, him, but you yeah. exactly, but you, you do know one thing you do know. And heck, maybe it may change. You get another, I don't want those shots at Thielen, so no shots at him, but you get another guy that can truly stretch the field on the opposite side of Justin Jefferson, and maybe that helps a lot. But I, I'm not, after watching that game, and I'm not saying he played a terrible game, but I'm just not sure. If the goal is to win a Super Bowl, I'm not sure that Kirk is going to be that guy, bro. I, I, I'm, I've, I'm I've never, really not sure about that. And I've never really believed that. Um I thought that KOC could bring could is like the most potential like event if anybody could bring it out of him it'd be him. Maybe it still could happen. Um I I I, I, would, I would bring him back this yeah, year th- and I mean, get him gonna, a weapon on They are going to compete next year. They're going to they're going to compete next year. They're going to try to make an adjustment on the defense. Um and even if they can't match a 13 win season, they're definitely going to try. So if if that's the case and I don't know what the 2024 quarterback class is like. I'm not right. going to pretend to know, right? Th- right. There will be a guy up there, whether people overdraft or not. Like their quarterbacks will be drafted high. Um, I just, I, I, I want. If we're going to compete next year, I say use your draft capital on players that actually have a chance of actually playing. And in this case, load up on the defense because, frankly, there is not a position on defense where it's just like, all right. If there if there's literally a linebacker, a cornerback, and a defensive lineman available when you pick at twenty three, at for me that's best player available. Yeah, you need everything on defense, literally everything. No spot to me is like the, the, no no spots untouchable. So if we're going to compete next year, which we are, I say let's hold off one more year. If Kirk's going to be the quarterback, but. If there's maybe some guys in late, like the later rounds that you can look at, then I'd, I'd look at that. But spending high capital, I don't know. I'm hesitant. So, I, I I don't see a spot where you at least this draft that's like a legitimate quarterback. I don't care how deep it is, unless you have like some golden boy that falls like late second round or you're picking the third round, and people are like, "How is this guy not?" Like a- like a Malik Willis situation. How far did he drop this past year? He was a third round pick, is, right? But, but the thing Fourth is, round? like, are we confident Malik Willis is going to be a good NFL quarterback? Like, did he fall for a reason? Because his preseason stuff was awesome, but the smallest glimpses we've seen of real yeah. action, it's like, ugh, 
it's not great. And obviously, it's a, and it's a small sample size, so I'm not writing him off by any means. I thought he was awesome in college, and I still think he could be an awesome quarterback. But like, how many times have we seen a guy just light it up, and then they get to like, okay, now you're playing the best football players from around the world, not just you know that 18 to depending on if it's Alex Morgan or Stetson Bennett, 26, uh, you know, those yeah. old guys. But now you're playing, you know, Tom Brady's a guy who's, you know, that's the oldest guy right now. But you're, you're playing that whole span of the best football players around the world, and they just can't get it to click for whatever reason. So um, if there is maybe third, but I'd have to see what the first two picks are. The, there, there is no shot that if it, the first round pick has to be defense. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. And I would say maybe the second round pick also probably has to be defense. So in my mind, the third round pick is your only opportunity, but I still don't even want to like go out and save it, save it. Because anybody you're going to get at that point, like how great can they be? Obviously, we know Brock Purdy was the last pick last year. And now he's leading his team into the playoffs and they're looking pretty darn good, but that team is just so complete all around where that's true. Like if he goes out there and they, okay, three and out sweet. Now their defense is going to do the same thing and they're going to be right back on the ball. So it doesn't really matter. Kirk really didn't have that luxury this season at times. Um, yeah. That's true. Um, maybe third, I could but be- I, I, just I could be that. overreacting to the to the fourth and eight. I'll put that out there. No, I it, could no, be, it's, but that it was such a pivotal moment at the end of the game. I mean, my goodness, Kirk. And I don't like the explanation. Like I get the explanation, but I don't like it. You still got to throw the ball beyond the sticks. Give your best players a shot, truly yeah. a shot. Hawkinson caught the ball with his back to the defender. But somebody's got to tell Hawkinson too in that moment. Like run just to the sticks. get, just run to the sticks. I don't know. I, again, this goes back to play calling. Why even call up a play that allows for a check down to be possible in this situation? Just throw out a vertical out there, man. Like you, you just gotta and. And and sure, like Hawkinson's a big guy. We talked about this. He can break tackles and stuff like that. But to re, but to rely on that for your season is just it, it's unacceptable. And it comes back to just we got to question Kirk's decision making in these big moments. We do. He's got a one and three record in the postseason. The Vikings have only made the playoffs twice since we signed him to that lucrative contract that was supposed to take us to the Super Bowl. Mind you, let's mm-hmm. not forget about the expectations that we had when Kirk Cousins came to this team. It has been a borderline uh, a failure. It, it really has. Um, statistically, he's done very well. And I know that's a lot of that's most of the case that people bring up with Kirk Cousins. But again, around here, at least it's score north. We we want the Super Bowl. Yeah. And it just I don't know if it's happening with him. And as long as he keeps making that money as well, and like, and I'm not saying like, oh, I think Kirk, he's way too overpaid. No, he is making exactly what he should be making. Like, he's making market value. I'm not talking about that, but when you commit that type of money to a player that's not going to be able to elevate you, it's you know, it's hard to build things like a good defense around uh, around your team. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. just like, how much longer do we want to keep doing this? We're gonna for sure do it next year, and um, I'm I'm supportive. I'm definitely I'm I'm intrigued to see what KOC can do with him in a second year. I really am. Um, but 
are my expectations going to be terrible? Like, terribly high i don't think so because we to an extent captured lightning in a bottle this season we got some magical wins that we're not going to get next year we're we're just not there will be regression um i don't think the defense can get much worse i don't (laughs) think the defense can regress because i don't think it can literally regress anymore that will get better just statistically by default it will get better um (laughs) but yeah yeah well we're we're left with another offseason wondering again what Kirk can be in theory instead of, you know, actually taking account for what he actually is. It's yeah. just, it's, it's, it's frustrating. So maybe we should draft a quarterback artist. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Like I said, <laughs> it's a, it's a thought. It, it's, it's a thought of mine. I think, I do think that that was one of the last things I said. I do think there are other things that are more important that you could address to give yourself a better opportunity at competing for a Super Bowl. truly. I do, I do believe that the defense is terrible, and the play calling did not help on either side of the football. Um, they, it's just a lot they got to figure out this offseason. It's, it's a lot that needs to be figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not 100% sure there'll be – there. it might be a record regression next year, but I do think a second year with KOC, um, if, you, if you pick up some defensive pieces and you go get another receiver, I don't know who – what free agent receiver will come to come to Minnesota or who will be out there? I don't even know what but, kind of money we'll have. That's we're, very true as well. We're a bottom six or seven team in the cap right now. Uh, I don't know how much money is going to be out there for... Yeah. Oh, I mean, sure, we're going to cut some guys and restructure some contracts for sure, but as of right now, uh, the Vikings are in significant red territory. So until they get in the green... Yeah, and I don't know who's out there for free agents anyway, but we it's getting clear that uh, we might need a wide receiver upgrade on this team behind yeah. Jefferson. We just might. I like how KJ showed out here at the end of the season, but if we want to have the Adam Thielen conversation again, we can. Yeah. Um, did you see what his wife uh, posted on Instagram? I did not. Uh, so she basically said she like was commenting on somebody else or something like that and basically saying like, you know, we just we're, we're happy with our situation, but we want to put Adam in a place where he can thrive and have a lot of success. Uh, it basically implied a little bit that maybe the Thielens, both him and his wife, were maybe not terribly thrilled with how he was incorporated in the game plan. And maybe they think there might be some greener pasture somewhere else, potentially. I don't know about that. I really don't know. I know that he's making $19 million next year. And that's just too much money, and so we're gonna have to think about that. Mm. So, I I understand that he potentially is not thrilled with like his usage and how maybe they're trying to get him a ball or the lack of getting him the ball, but he needs to understand that like you're not what you were when Stefan Diggs was here. Like, there's a time where he was the our uh, you know wide receiver one. He was, you know, it was a 1A, 1B situation. And maybe you could say that was what he was his his first year with Justin Jefferson. But now it's just, he doesn't have that explosive step. He's not, he's not what he was. He's not getting the separation he needs. He's still, I mean, he's getting older and he's a guy that plays physical. So he potentially could, you know, have injuries stack up and get hurt. He's still, he's still a red zone threat, but it's just, like like Jason said, he's making a lot of money. Is that usage there? And I really think what they would rather have is him almost in a, a wide receiver three role. 
where mm-hmm. they have because what was the what was the Broncos duo back in the day? Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. That's what they want here, except maybe, you know, instead of that, that one always seemed like it was a 50, 50. Okay. They, like <laughs> they're both about the same talent wise. You're not going to get another Justin Jefferson, get somebody that can tip the scales and just is, you know, what Adam Thielen was a couple of years ago, get somebody who, is like Justin Jefferson is so good at that route running and getting that separation and just his skill of reeling in the ball and winning it from the, the defensive back is so it, it, you can't waste that. So you have to get that complimentary talent and I don't want to pump the tires here for, for the Eagles, but look what they have in Devontae Smith, Jalen, Jalen, Jalen hurts has two, amazing weapons to throw to AJ Brown is that guy. And now he has a complimentary, that guy named Devonte Smith, who I'm happy that he did have kind of a, that I, I don't want to say it's a break right here. Cause we, we had seen some, some stuff like this before, but some of the games that he's put up, it's like, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, and yeah. I'm sure artists can probably speak to that more if he wants to, um, since I did break up the Eagles and they are still in the playoffs and we're not, but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's such a weird conundrum. And I, I hate that we're in an era where we have to analyze the wife of, uh, <laughs> hometown heroes, Instagram story that had yeah. two sentences max on it. But, um, that, this is what this, no, 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 it's not, <laughs> it's, I'm not saying you, I'm, I'm saying, part of like, the problem. <laughs> But the, but, but the thing is, we have to. I, I hate that we have to do it because it is – there's a message there. Yeah, <laughs> like, it is. Because uh, uh, you got to remember, for like as every win and every loss, guess who's in the car on the way home with him talking mm-hmm. about the game? He – he doesn't express his deepest, darkest secrets to, you know, Judd in, in you know, press row. He's telling them to his wife, yep. his family. So she knows just as much as him, maybe even more, you know, it's the same thing of like, you know, she knows him better than he knows himself. So, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, it, it's how close are we to the Adam Thielen era being done in Minnesota? That kind of raises some questions and some eyebrows for sure. Um, I'm looking up some, uh, free agents from the wide receiver position that might be out there. Um, yeah, let's do it. I like this. in the off season, we can probably have the, the, be this wrapping of our Vikings talk for the day. As we move on to the Timberwolves and the wild, oh, no more Vikings talk. Pretty much. I mean, we'll still talk Vikings football. Uh, believe us. Don't worry. We will. Um, just probably not as much. Yeah. That's okay. We can complain about the Timberwolves, but yeah, also uplift true. the wild. Cause they had a great week. Timberwolves. Eh, okay. All right. Um, so actually I'm just going this based off receiving yards total right now. And honestly, these first four guys are Kind of the most intrigued I am um, uh, of anybody on this list. Um, starting with Darius Slayton. Mm. Um, just saw him recently against the Giants, so I might be a little privy to him right now. He he looked pretty good. He's he's flashed a few times, um, and he's not even making a million dollars, but he'll probably get a decent contract. I know there's like an injury bug with him a little bit. I know that he gets a little um, banged up a little bit, but when he's healthy, he's... He's pretty good. He's 26, so he's a little bit older. Um, we also are familiar with this guy, Alan Lazard. Um, you he know, he is out. He is out. Of he's Green so, Bay. Did, yeah. 
Did yeah. you see his interview at the locker room? Mm-hmm. Oh my yeah. god! I, not, I missed it. What did he say? Um, the one there was one question that was like, uh, you know, what do you, you expect them to see twelve back here uh, next season? He's just like, he's like, man, I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> oh dang! <laughs> wow, I'm gone. Yeah, he's done. Uh, he is yeah. so checked out. He's just waiting for like, okay, when can I start to talk to other teams? Right. Yeah. And I, I feel bad for him, too, because he I mean, it helped that Christian Watson came out this season. But Alan Lazard was supposed to be the guy to take over for Devontae Adams. And that started off a little bit slow. And Alan Lazard also got banged up a lot this season. And so I think I don't think Packer fans were hard on him, but I think there was just a lot of weight on his shoulders this season. And I just don't know if like because Alan Lazard's not a wide receiver one. He's no. just not. But he can be. When he's doing really good, he can be a wide receiver, too. So I'd be interested in that. Uh, Jacoby Myers for the Patriots, also on this list. He's flashed definitely a lot when uh, Mac Jones decides he wants to play well or whatever. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, Patriot wide receivers, unless you are Randy Moss in 2007, Patriots wide receivers are incredibly unreliable. Okay, maybe we can say Wes Welker in 2009, too. Okay, like whatever. Um, So. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're, okay, Edelman okay, nice sorry. I forgot about Edelman. The Ambrange. I mean, I... Yeah, that was a while ago, though. That was a while ago. A ago. They've had um, some guys. I'd like... <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, know why. I like Jabbar Gaffney, too. He was on that 2007 Patriots. Anyway, uh, so... Oh, my gosh. Now I'm Wrong. just remembering that Edelman catch in the Super Bowl. That was so good. Yeah, yeah, okay. But anyway, lately, I should say, Patriots wide receivers have been very unreliable. Um, They've had some swing and misses. I know they brought in... um. Muhammad Sanu yeah. for like a first round pick. That was a huge bust. Nikhil yeah, Harry was a huge was a bust person. for them. Yeah, right, right, exactly. And it was like, what, a first or second round pick they traded for him? And he basically did nothing. So Yo, he was a cheap um, man. Let me tell you what. Yeah, he was. He really was, oh though. My oh, dude. You're talking Muhammad Sanu, right? Yeah. You got him in draft champs. You throw him in the slot. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was dude, good. Just throw deep balls. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely a cheap He, he was like Monte Ellis in, in, in 2K. Yeah. Monte, Monte Ellis. Monte, automatic three point shooter, man. Monte Ellis was so good in 2K. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Was the fourth receiver. About, uh, the fourth receiver. Juju Smith Schuster. Which, which, as long as he doesn't take Instagram videos at midfield before and after the games, like I'm fine with having him potentially be on my team. And actually, I think he got humbled a little bit being in Kansas City. Um, because I know people were talking like maybe the attitude is kind of an issue with Juju. I think that's all been quelled now. I think he's got back to form. He's still a really good receiver, and he's basically been um their main guy pretty much there in Kansas City throughout pretty much the whole season. I know he's also had a couple injury issues too. So those are some guys I'm at least interested in if the Vikings are able to make some cap space and actually able to pay for the guys. Otherwise, forget them. Let's see who is available in the draft. Before we moved on, before we move on to the Wolves, really quick, do you guys have any like bold Super Bowl predictions? Like I want to throw it out there well, now. It's Super Bowl, it's too uh, Divisional round. Division we're make, two games away no, from Super Bowl. I, like, I like it. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, okay. I don't want to go first. <laughs> okay, sweet. I'll go first. Um, <laughs> I think it's probably going it, to It's going to be the Chiefs. Chiefs. I, and then, God, I think, well, the, the NFC Championship game is going to be 49ers-Eagles. It's, it's going to be. What? I think it's gonna. Be, I think yes. it's gonna be Eagles Chiefs. I think it's gonna be Eagles Chiefs. <laughs> Eagles Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and then I'm sorry, Artis, but I think the Chiefs are gonna pull it out. That's fair. It's Jason. gonna be. A, it's gonna be a heck of a game, though. Um, yeah. 
heck yeah. of a game. I, I, I honestly think the Giants will give you guys a good run for your money. The um, Giants I, are about to get stomped in Philadelphia. Oh, you're getting too cocky. I'm, I'm just, and now bro, I almost want it, to pick them just to that, it's not even, down. It's not even that, man. Okay. I just think I, I'm I just saying Dave Jones um, they have they have perfect. nothing to lose. They just already won a playoff game on the road, and they're feeling good about themselves. And they almost beat you guys with their backups when you played your entire starters. And I know that maybe you were half-assing not, it the whole time. No, I know you guys no, were probably half-assing no, it the no, whole time. No, I'm just saying. When they put, So this is the thing. In this game, they won't be playing their backups. They'll be playing their first string. And yeah. last time their first string saw us, they lost 48-22. to 22. That's a 26-point differential. Okay. So it's, it's, it's listen, Jalen Hurts was warming the arm up in that last game of the season. They came out with a super vanilla game plan. They came out just doing basic stuff. And the defense, I think, held like had them shut out of the game until late in the third quarter. There's an awful lot like complacency so, that you don't want to hear before the playoffs. Trust me when I say I am not worried about Dame Jones or the That New might Giants. be your downfall. I don't You recognize so. that, right? Jumping it's the third from, time you're playing a divisional opponent. It's not going to be easy. Nobody said this about San Francisco, about playing the Seahawks I, for the third time. I actually did on the Jeff Diamond Purple Report, actually. I'm on the record of saying that. You can go on YouTube and check that I'll out. Say this. I'll say and this I was looking not. good at halftime until San Francisco turned this, on the heat. They did. See, the Seahawks did look good for a while. They did, yeah, yeah. But listen, they're going from, and this is no this towards the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> they're, the Eagles are a much better football team. They're third on offense in total offense. They're number two or number one in pass defense, okay. number two overall in total defense. It's a complete difference from playing a 31st-ranked defense to the second-ranked defense. A, a defensive line that can get pressure on you nonstop, a secondary that can shut you down, and an offense that I feel like they're going to struggle to defend. Might come out a little rusty, but I just don't think that defense is going to allow Dane Jones to score over 17 points. I'm still picking so, the Eagles to win. Don't worry. I'm just saying, they're going to put up a good fight. The Giants gonna, are going to come to play. They're, they are going to come to play, and they will put up a good fight against your team. It, it, that's and that's that's fair. That's, it's, un, it's, that's it's, not it's fair. a reasonable thing to say. It's fair. Um, But, okay, so Eagles win. Chiefs are going to win against the Jags. I'm going to pick – wait, I forgot about the offensive line situation. Since his offensive line is brutal right now, they just lost Jonah Williams. Mm-hmm. And I think they got another guy, Alex Kappa, who's got a situation right now. Buffalo's playing inspired. Um, and I, no, I'm, I'm rooting for that neutral site AFC championship game, so I will pick Buffalo to win. San Francisco, uh, you're welcome, artists. They will beat the Cowboys. Um San Francisco is going to beat the Eagles in the NFC Championship game, though. Uh, I will. I'll pick Buffalo over Kansas City. Why not? So I'll I'll pick a San Francisco Buffalo Super Bowl. And I'll make it quick. I got Buffalo and Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. Cool. Um, obviously, I'm a roll with Philadelphia. Yeah, sure. A lot of questions yeah. to be answered though. Got to come off and come off the bike feeling good. Jalen Hurts got to be good. He's off the injury report now, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of things have to check out. But I I would go. Bills, Eagles in the cool. Super Bowl. And honestly, that could go either way. I'm going Eagles because I'm an Eagles fan. I cannot go somewhere. Like, I can't. You know what I mean? I can't. You got to fly. You gotta you know, fly. I got to fly. I got to fly. fly. I hear you. But you know who's not going to the Super Bowl this year, guys? The Minnesota Vikings. So, RIP. We, we had fun. It was a fun little pop-up season, but ultimately kind of ended in the same place where most Viking seasons do. Just, um... Six feet on it. Wah, wah. So, anyway. Hey, you know what that means, though? We can talk more Timberwolves and Wild here on the podcast. We'll start with the Timberwolves today. Uh, 
an up and down week, a 500 week. They're actually playing as we speak right now, recording this on Wednesday night. They're playing the Nuggets on the road. The game literally just got started. It was a nine o'clock tip off. Um, but with the Timberwolves this week, uh, artists, I really just want to talk about the very last game they played, mm. which was a 126 to 125 loss to the Utah Jazz. We believe this is now the second or third time the Wolves have lost to the team that they made that epic trade with in the offseason. Yep. Rudy Gobert goes out with, I don't know what, groin. in like groin in groin. like five yep. minutes. And Walker Kessler puts on an absolute show. And here I am once again reminded of just how this trade just not working out. Dude, I said, and we and you can confirm this. When the trade first went down, I believe we were still on our podcast that wasn't being recorded yet. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but I believe it was the one that was not made for the masses just yet. And I no, no, it was like one of our very first three episodes. Yes, yes. With Manny. With yes, Manny Hill. yes, yes. I believe one of the first things I said about the trade was you could have kept Kessler Walker to fill this same exact role as Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. You could have kept him and made the move for DeJounte Murray. Now, I know some people are like, he can't play alongside D'Angelo Russell. I feel like he could because he's playing alongside Trey Young, and they're very two very similar players. Both of them could be ball dominant. Both of them can shoot from the outside. Sometimes he plays on the ball, DeJounte Murray. Sometimes he doesn't. And it's just a really good tandem in, in Atlanta. I don't know what the packages and stuff look like, but if you were willing to package up so much for Rudy Gobert, I could only imagine what you could have pack- packaged up for DeJounte Murray. Kessler Walker, he's not having a crazy good season. He's averaging like 7.7 rebounds, like two blocks a game. He's very serviceable for what they needed this offseason. Mm-hmm. They needed defense. They needed rebounding in the paint. But they also needed a ball handler. And I felt like you had, you, you had already addressed the defense and the rebounding issue with Kessler Walker. And we don't know how his career will turn out, you know, at all at this point. He's still very young. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like they had already addressed that issue. And then they went and traded him to address the same, to address the same issue. Yeah. I just, I, I didn't understand that. I understand Rudy Gobert. He's a better player. He does rebound the ball and defend better than Walker Kessler. But... I mean, his team needs another ball handler. I know you've seen all the things about that's going on with um, D'Angelo Russell right now. And, I mean, he's unfollowing us on uh, Instagram. and He had some <laughs> other comments, too, to, like, a Yahoo reporter. Yeah. Like, he was like, if, like, people should know my value. I, I'm totally paraphrasing like that. Like, people should know how to use me or something like that. And it's just like. Like, we should be. Dude. I wish I had that quote. It was like. Something about being a pre- like appreciating him or something like that. Yeah, we got the gist of we got the gist of it. But yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those situations where it's like, come on, man. Like, let's not sit up here and act like you're a thirty point, ten assist guy a game. And mm-hmm. I like him. I think he's a good player, but he's so hit or miss. At times, he's unplayable. Mm-hmm. At times, he's unplayable. At times, he's not the best point guard on the team. J Mac is. At times, we saw we saw it in the playoffs this past year. There are moments where he's not playing well. And it's like sometimes you just got to kind of own that. Like just own the fact that, hey, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm really doing well. Sometimes I'm not. This year I feel like it's been more of him not doing well than it is him doing well. Mm-hmm. But you got to acknowledge those things. I understand. I'm sure being brought up in trade rumors and stuff, I know that's hard for any player. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But it's just like at some point, though, you do have to own the fact that, like, you're in trade conversations for a reason. Yeah. It's happening for a reason. They're not talking about trading Ant. They're not talking about trading Cat. They're not talking about trading... Anybody else right now, 
They're talking about trading you, and it's for a reason. So yeah, um, I've I've appreciated D'Lo through Ant's development because D'Lo has been a good shooting safety blanket for those nights where D'Lo has or when uh, Ant has been inefficient. But Ant has taken that year three leap. He his shooting numbers are very consistent now. He still has a couple nights where he shoots like six of nineteen. And there was a night in one of these games where he put up twenty five shots. Too many shots. Too, mm. too way too many shots. That, that's just for way too many. Uh, no, for uh, Ant. For Ant. For oh. Ant. That's just that's just a little too much for me. Um, but we've seen this emergence with Ant now this season, where I think it's going to be more beneficial for him now to have a less. Um, not necessarily shooting point guard, but more of a facilitating point guard. Uh, one that is looking more for assists than getting their own shots up or whatever. D'Lo is looking for his shots first, no matter what. Like, I mean, he he's good at like dishing out those assists and everything like that, but he's a good enough scorer where he can get his own, and that it it is an admit admittedly strength for his game. Um, I think it works better when he doesn't have as much of a dominant two like Anthony Edwards has now emerged to be. So I think just now the fit as Ant has emerged into this player is just not working as much now. Uh, D'Lo still getting his. There's still probably value there. It's an expiring contract. Um, but if he's going to be doing this stuff where he's going like behind the scenes and like saying things to reporters... I mean, we've already dealt with this kind of stuff happening with this team before about players saying things behind their backs. I mean, yeah. D'Lo wasn't specific about any one guy. He was more speaking about the whole of the team and himself. But, I mean, we're still barely at 500 as it is. We need as much locker room chemistry as we get, as we as we need right now. And this this isn't how you develop that. It just isn't. I, I don't care what you are doing on the court. I don't care if you've been playing better as of late. It's just that's not that's not glue that's going to stick. Ultimately, um, I think Delo's days are numbered. I really do. Um, with the unfollowing of and I, speaking of terrible reflections on society, I mean him unfollowing us on Instagram. Who, uh, whose job is it to catch that stuff, man? Like that, I think it's got to be somebody's now because it's it's so mind blowing that this is the way. The primary way players now indicate they are frustrated with their teams. Yeah. They unfollow their teams before they actually talk to anybody about what their issue is. It's so passive aggressive. Yeah. I can't stand it. Honestly. Hey, D-Lo, it, it, are, you, are you mad at us? No. No. no why? Well, not at all. Why would you say that? Well, uh, our social media intern <laughs> noticed that you unfollowed us. I, I, oh, really dang, wonder, I think uh, I, I did do that last night. I was no, a, little, a little frustrated. No, you got to imagine the keyboard warriors out there who literally have nothing better to do than just be online all day. Literally, just for fun, we'll just go and like, all right, here's a list of maybe NBA players who aren't satisfied with their situations. Let's see if they unfollowed their teams today. I guarantee you there's people who have not much to do that choose to do that with their time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the trade deadline is fast approaching. Um but again, if you can trade D'Lo, I don't... What was that? Can they do anything? I'm not sure what they can do. I'm not sure what they... At this May, point, after making a trade for Rudy, I'm not sure... The money... And speaking uh, of that, it's time for yet another edition of everybody's favorite game show. Say it with me. Rate that trade! All right. Taxi Squad exclusive. 
weekly show where we assess the wild world world of NBA trades and assess the Timberwolves trade this past offseason, sending five, one, two, three, four, five draft picks in exchange for oh, and five players, one, two, three, four, five players, one, two, three, four, five draft picks for one singular Rudy Gobert on a scale of one to two, Mr. Jason Stormer. How would you rate that oh. trade? Admittedly. I mean, just with recency bias, this, this jazz game has just left me with a terrible taste in my mouth. So we're going well down to the ones right now. We are like at a 1.2, 1. 1.3. Uh, it just, and at times, it, and then there have been times where Rudy has done things where it's made me forget when he's had like these 2020 games and you're just like, mm, okay, that's exactly what we paid for. That's perfect. Please keep doing that. But then it just seems like two games later, you are just slapped in the face and you're just wholeheartedly reminded that in a franchise's history of a lot of bad decisions, this might go down as the absolute biggest one. And you know, Walker Kessler's killing it right now. Vando's doing his thing. Malik Beasley had a big shot against us at, towards the end of that game, too. So it's just like, bruh. So it's just like, nah, I'm at a, like, I'm low today. 1.2, 1.3. How about you, Art? I got to give you like a 0. Point. Oh, we're going even farther than that. Uh, oh, man. Probably about like a 0. Point. I mean, he's hurt right now, too. Yeah. He's I actually, hurt. And he got a groin injury, and those things linger. Yeah. And you know what? I forgot we could go into the zeros. I want to amend my right now and say it's like a point six. Sorry. I, I was going to go somewhere around point four at okay. this point because you see – how well Kessler Walker, at least just recently, just played against us. I mean, it's just a bad, it's a bad look. Um, and then, he, like I said, he's hurt. And I forget which game he got hurt in. I want to say it was the Cavs game. I could be wrong. I think I it was it the was. Cavs game. Actually, oh. he got hurt in, and went out there and reaggravated it against Utah. And and now it's just like, man, it's like, how long is he going to be out now? How long is this going to linger? <laughs> it, it's tough. The the Wolves just give you these moments, like Jason said, where they have really good games, like they. Had a nice little winning streak going for a little bit, then they went out there and lost to the Pistons. It's like, okay. Like, I forgot to talk about that, by the way. They, I, they lost to the Pistons, uh, but then they came out, they beat Phoenix. Yes, Phoenix didn't have Devin Booker or Chris Paul. I thought Chris would play, but they didn't have Chris Paul either. They beat Phoenix by five. All right, okay, you're supposed to beat them by more because they don't have their two best players, but you'll take the win, right? But then they go out there and they beat the Cavs. And that's why I was like, okay, okay. Now they might be turning the corner because I, I think I've said this before. I view the Cavs maybe as a contender this year. I really think that team is that good. Donovan Mitchell coming into that game was averaging like 37 points over his last five games. He was dominating, mm-hmm. and they went out there and limited him to 14 points, 5 of 16 from the field. Like, they shut him down. Yeah. Uh, mainly uh, McDaniels. Great defense. And then you follow that up with the game against Utah, where it's like, Alrighty, so you let Utah go out there and drop 126 points on you. Um, little to no defense being played. It's just I, 53% from the field. It, you you just, you, like, what, what can you say? At this point, like, what can you say? I think I, I put out an Instagram post about them for Score North, and I'm like, they're about to slide into the top six. They beat the Cavs. They're right there, and they beat and they beat the Cavs, and they were like tied for the sixth spot with Golden State, and then they went out there and lost to the Jazz. And again, the West is so nip and tuck. One win can shoot you into the top six. One loss could shoot you down to like ten or eleven. So it's just like, I think they're like nine right now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So 
two steps forward or like, you know, it's, it's literally like you take two steps forward, then two steps back, two steps forward, two steps back. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a 500 team is what it is. And that's the reflection of, and that's, that's that, that's that. And so we'll have to see what they do. The DLO situation obviously will be probably the biggest monitored thing that we have over the next couple weeks. Um, so, so it's a calf with Rudy. Right? Uh, no, groin. No, groin, okay. I was about to say, if it was a calf, man, these calves, yeah. these Cleveland calves, uh, <laughs> Jordan McLaughlin, uh, Carl yeah. Anthony Towns, and it's just like, my goodness. And I haven't, again, it's been another week. No word on Cat quite yet. Mm-hmm. Still see him on the bench wearing street clothes and everything like that. I don't know if he's been cleared to practice or whatever. Same with Jordan McLaughlin. Don't know that either. Um, I mean, if Rudy's going to be out, which, I, I mean, I don't think I've heard about any... Crazy extended this time either. right now. I haven't even not right tricky. now. Groin's tricky. I get that, um, but I mean, I guess the sooner the better. So um, let's see who do they who do they got this upcoming week? If we look at the schedule, they're playing the Nuggets right now. It's mm. only the first quarter, down by two points. Yeah, we'll see about that. Not really expecting too much, but you've got some gettable games. Uh, you got the Raptors after the Nuggets here, and the Raptors. Um, you know they're. They're still coached well and everything like that, but record-wise, they're, they're just not there this year. They, they've struggled a lot. But then you got back-to-back with the Rockets. Mm-hmm. you got to take care of business there. You already took care of business with the Rockets uh, a few weeks ago. That's good. You need to win both of those games. We hardly talked about that Pistons loss um, because it, it was so. It, it was already a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did say I was going to come on here and absolutely eviscerate them for that. Yeah. And... Uh, Rah, you're eviscerated. That's the extent I'll do it because um, <laughs> just, whatever just we, we we've it. moved on, and it's just and I watched the whole and I watched most of the game too. It wasn't just one thing that the Pistons did. They were shooting threes. They were getting mid range. They were getting to the rim. It wasn't like one thing. It's just it was one whatever of those games. Wanted, whatever they wanted, they got. Which I feel like we've said the Wolves have been uh, fallen victim to a lot this season. Yep. It, it was just one of those situations where it's just like, all right, we just don't really want to be in Detroit tonight, which I get it. It's it's Detroit, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's get out of here. Um, but yeah, they need look whatever happens tonight against the Nuggets. Nuggets, I'll we'll give them a pass. Whatever. I want three and zero against the Raptors, the and the Rockets twice. It will sure. help them in the standings, that's for sure. And then and you know and still. Volatile. So, and actually, you know what? After that, you got the Pelicans, Grizzlies, and the Kings twice. So it'll be it'll be go time right yeah. there after that because the Kings are playing really good this season, much better than I think a lot of people thought. Surprisingly, yes, surprisingly. Sir. All right, um, let's move on to the Minnesota Wild because they actually had a perfect week. Got a win against the uh, New York Islanders out in uh, I can't remember. I think it's Uniondale is where their arena is. Um, and then they uh, got a win against the Coyotes at home, and then they went out to Washington and beat Alex Ovechkin and the Capitals. So a three and zero week for the Wild after a kind of shaky week. The a week the week the week before is what I'm trying to say. They lost three in a row. Now they've won three in a row. And good thing AJ because they've got a pretty daunting schedule this upcoming week with the Hurricanes, the Panthers, and the Lightning. Maybe some, not so much the Panthers this season. They've taken a step back, but still, that's a pretty tough uh, road swing but really good encouraging things by the wild this week and philip gustafson continues to just be awesome and you're totally burying the lead i know i did i'm sorry the missile seven years seven million dollars per year for 21 year olds uh up-and-comer mr matthew boldy well deserved um for a team that is going to be so strapped with cap space for the next three years after this one 
I was dreading the Fiala slash Kaprizov debacles that we've had in previous years where it's like, will they, won't they, what will they agree on? The Wild want three years. They want six-plus years, blah, blah, blah. They're able to get it done. And right now, it's one of those deals where you're like, seven mil for this guy right now, that might be a little much. But I'll tell you, probably by this time next year, you're going to be like, whoa, <laughs> that is yeah. a steal. And the year after that, you're going to be like, well, seven million only? He's only making seven million? And the year after that, you're like, oh my God, he's only making seven mil. And artist is probably thinking for the same part of it, just because of NBA and you know NFL numbers. He's only making seven million dollars. Yeah, it's wild. And, and that's yeah, nuts. It it's so it's so <sighs> crazy. It's so crazy. Um, he's he's only making six million per year less than the highest paid NHL player right now. Let that one sink in. Sheesh. Yeah. This anyway. league, man. That's yeah. that's crazy. That's really crazy. Yeah, and but I hope that go- it's, yeah. Not, it's not for everybody. So the market dollars aren't there, and it's for like it. It I don't know what people expect because the gear for kids nowadays is like a thousand dollars just to get going. I know it's, it's hockey wild. is one of the most expensive sports to play. Yeah, it's, it really is. Um, uh-huh. but back to the actual wild themselves. Yeah. Um, and this past week, I think you can say the old saying of not all wins are created the same because we saw some wins where they decide to not play hockey for the first portion of the game and they kind of get run around the rink and they get run back to the locker room and they're like, okay, guys, let's actually start here. And okay. Your bodies are set to central time and not East coast time. So I understand you probably thought it was a later start. Um, And then they win. They decide to play hockey and then you go, or you have games where they come out from the start and they are just the better team and they outshoot, and they out-hit, and they out-block, and they out-everything, the other the opposition. And then you have the the classic Minnesota Wild, it seems like, where hot start, first goal, second goal. Okay, we're going we're gonna to put in cruise control. And, oh, wait, we are very, very close to making this one an overtime game, or we're struggling down the stretch, and then they either irk it out, or they, uh, you know, they go to overtime and have to make it make some magic happen that way. So, um, a good week overall. I mean, I, it, it, I'm, I'm going to enjoy watching no matter whether they win or lose. That's not actually true. Sometimes I hate it, but um, for you know, it, it, it's about as good of a week as I as I could have expected. I expected a little yeah. trouble with the Caps. They got a little trouble at the start of the game, but um, that win against the Coyotes, that was a lot tougher than it needed to be because the Coyotes should not be – they should not yeah. be a team that is threatening to you, and uh, they sort of were at times, but, you know, it is what it is. Right. Uh, yeah, the Boldy contract is awesome. Uh, one, because, yes, it it calms Wilds fans' nerves um, yeah. just with the whole Kevin Fiala thing. Obviously, I mean – I think you and I are both on the record. We didn't want Fiala to leave by any means necessary. And yeah. if the Wild could have made that work to keep him, we would have obviously welcomed that with open arms. It just wasn't a realistic possibility, and they made the best of the situation. They got a good player in return. Um, but really, Boldy was expected to be the guy to take Fiala's place, and he's he's done that to an extent, and he's earned this contract. Um, so, like, in terms of just, like, if the if wild fans or other hockey fans are wondering, all right, 
seems like you're maybe paying a lot for a guy that maybe isn't giving you the production. But like you mentioned, like this is more for what next year and the following year to come is with Matt Boldy. That's what you're paying for. So currently where he's projected right now, I'm trying to like find some comparables to Boldy of like current players or at least like players that have been the league as of recently. Mm -hmm. So since 2007, 2008, here are the closest comparables to Boldy, uh, Boldy um, in terms of like points per hour in all situations scoring, and that's a minimum of 1,000 minutes, okay? Mm-hmm. So like I'm just going to read you some of the names that are on this list. So Boldy right now is at uh, 2.77. That's 26th among all forwards, right? So where does that compare to some other players that we've seen recently in the NHL? Uh, just below him um, is Brock Besser. Just below him also is Jordan Eberle. William Nylander, Johnny Gaudreau, Phil Kessel, and Alex DeBrincat. Those guys are actually lower in terms of points per hour in all situations than Boldy at this point in their careers. So if you want to potentially track where Boldy's career is going, you can maybe look at those five or six guys and be like, okay, that might be a potential floor and a ceiling for him. So yeah. um, if, and if, and if he turns out to be any of those guys, I am absolutely all for that. So this is a good value in terms of the years too. This is pretty good. And so, and again, it comes what any trepidations about whether or not the wild were actually going to be able to keep them or not. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, just some of the names that you just mentioned, there, like Brock Besser Mm -hmm. and when he, as of late, maybe not um, the guy that he was a couple years ago at times, but when he's in his bag, he is tremendous. Uh, Johnny Hammond cheese just made that move to Columbus in the off season. <laughs> that kid's disgusting. All he does is eat ham sandwiches and go out there and sling that puck around. Um, to bring cat, the guy's born to score goals. Like it's crazy. Just how good of a shot he has. And the thing about Boldy is he does a little bit of everything. And a, a lot of the guys that from that draft, especially the one that I think I was a little most upset about at the time in the moment was Cole Caulfield. I wanted Cole, a.k.a. Gold Caulfield, to come to the Minnesota Wild, but the whole gripe around him was, oh, but, but AJ, he's he's short. He's short. He can't play hockey at a high yeah, level. AJ. Um, <laughs> let me tell you what. First off, short kings can play sports no matter where they are. But <laughs> in hindsight, I think it was the right pick, and I'm going to give Paul Fenton a handshake metaphorically because I don't actually know where he is. But uh, it was the right pick. You know, it, 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 I made fun of this quote, quote at the time. Um, Michael Russo of The Athletic had the article about the draft, and Paul Fenton said, quote, and I'm slightly paraphrasing, but not too much. He said, you, you just got to be happy when you select a kid like that and he walks up on stage, and the first thing you do is you have to tilt your head up to say hello to him because he's taller <laughs> than him. Okay. Like, come on. Really? I but, guess. But the thing is, the size is beneficial. I how how many times and you know, and when you get to the postseason of the NHL, do you hear about how physical it is and the refs, you know, it's like each round the, the rule book gets a little thinner and it's like, okay, we're taking off the cover. Now chapter one is gone. And we're only calling if you brutally assault somebody and there's blood on the ice. That's the only penalty that's gonna be called. Like you need that type of wherewithal, and he's gonna bring that with that bigger frame because he can play defense and throw the weight around. He can go in the offensive zone, and if somebody is trying to bump him off the puck, he can stand his ground and really 
hunker down with those tight edges in the corners to really maintain the puck. And he's got that passing ability and he has the scoring ability and he can get out there on the penalty kill. If you absolutely need him to it, that being said, the wild have better personnel for that. Um, but on the power play, he's out there. He's, he's out there with Kirill and Zuccarello and they're running that thing with Kale and Addison at the point QBing it with either a Jared Spurgeon or a, you know, uh Matt Dumba. Like they he's able to pretty much benefit the wild in almost any scenario they need him to other than face-offs. And he might even be able to do that. I haven't seen him try it yet, but, you know, he could still be able to do it. Um, this deal is about as good as it can be. And I, the, my favorite part about it is it materialized almost overnight. I was getting covers the chin in bed. All cold. I was just about to kind of turn out the light, put the book down. Metaphorically, I'm not reading any books. You know that. Um, and then my guy, Kevin Weeks. Kevin Weeks is an absolute angel. He just scrolls across my Twitter feed and he's like, "Hey, uh, hockey Twitter, you guys still up? I got a little, got a little scoop you for up. you. I got a little thing." <laughs> so I'm like, "I cannot go to bed now." Eight minutes later, he is such a troll. No, he's he's not. He's he's sometimes a, he's a sometimes gem. he's great and I love him, but he'll do stuff like that and be like, "Hey guys, look what I got for That's you." Now I yeah, can't go okay, to bed because I need to know what's going on. Right. And, I'm, and I'm expecting to waste my time here because it's like, okay, it's going to be you know the Florida Panthers are in deep discussion with the Toronto Maple Leafs for this <laughs> trade or whatever. No, he says, keep an eye out. Matthew Boldy in extension talks with the Minnesota Wild remains fluid. I wake up the next day and what do you know? Seven by seven. We've got ourselves a deal on artists. This is, you, you know, like Adam Schefter and you know, Adrian Wojnarowski, Kevin Weeks is kind of on that realm, but not he, he's, he's not at that like level yet Okay. Um, in terms of like how much stuff he breaks, but when he does break stuff, it's accurate, but he does these selfie videos and it's, in, it's incredible. Cause he, he, it's like, where is he? It's like, you know, it's like, where's Waldo or something like that. It's like, uh, okay. yeah. you know, he, he did one recently as like a joke. Cause I think he had a kid, but he was like in the maternity ward or he'll do it like while skiing out on the slope. So he'll do it from terminal yeah. B at whatever it's, it's, it's such a good yeah. meme because people are like putting him on, you know, the moon or like they're in the Kremlin and stuff. Yeah. Cool. He's a uh, part of their TNT studio crew. So he, yeah. he's a part of all that with Biz Nasty and uh, I forget the other guy that's with Liam uh, McHugh. Talk it in Liam Hendricks, I believe. Mm. Liam, okay. McHugh. Liam McHugh. Liam McHugh. Yeah. I is like Liam McHugh. So um, yeah, no, um, it, it great deal for the Wild. Yeah, um, I like happy it a to lot. see him here. Um, hopefully Marco Rossi can get up here pretty soon too, so we can get that pair going again at some yeah. point or something like that. But that's a conversation for probably another day. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, the wild have the hurricanes, the Panthers and the lightning all this week. East, you know, Southeast swing right there. Pan- I mean, the hurricanes are one of the best in all the NHL Panthers are having a down season and the lightning are, you know, they're, they're competitive and you can expect them to continue to be competitive. I mean, been to the Stanley cup for three straight seasons. So they'll put up a good fight against you. Um, so yeah, I, I will oh, go I, ahead. I did see, um, apparently it was reported that the wild are showing interest in, uh, Vancouver Canucks defenseman Luke Shen, who is an under, uh, unrestricted free agent end of the season. He's currently on a eight, uh, $850,000 deal this year, mm-hmm. so fits their plan right now. Um, he's not great in terms of like he's not going to be a star defensively, but he is a guy that they could bring in for kind of that depth along the blue line. But that being said, because of the value of him, a lot of teams are in on him. So, you know, just something to keep an eye on. And I did see one report, and I don't know how credible this is, that po- potentially – Jordan Greenway it could be on the block if they need to move somebody. 
for a lesser cap hit than like a Matt Dumba. But you know, um, if they're contending, yeah. I think they hold on to Matt Dumba. But that's a discussion for another day. That's <laughs> like we've already gone pretty long here. So. I, I I I wasn't gonna bring it up to a. Uh, talk about in length but Matt Dumba's name actually has been brought up in a lot of conversations I know that Darren Drager brought his name up at least once Darren Drager also a big time heavy hitter in the hockey community in terms of reporting stuff like that so but until something happens it's just reckless speculation am I right fellas so (laughs) trade talks juicy rumors so all right we gotta go again rest in peace 2022-2023 Minnesota Vikings. Again, it was fun, but ultimately ends in disappointment. But now we got the Timberwolves in the wild to completely focus on. MNUFC ain't too terribly far down they are the line going, here, too. They are playing their first match of the preseason the 28th of January. Are you ready, gentlemen? <laughs> Is that here? I hope not. I think no. this game, this year, I'm going to go to a game. I've never we been to a game. Go. I'm going to go to a game. We should all do a big score north thing where we get everybody together and we all go and we stuff like that. I'm sure those games, yeah. those games are very fun. Um, I've never been, and that's a damn shame. So yeah, it's 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 very fun. Um, it's a okay. great atmosphere. But, uh, but yeah, so that is kind of going to wrap us up. We'll get some closing thoughts here in just a second. But before you do, take some time after this finishes up. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Leave a comment. Let us know either how good or bad we are, whatever you're feeling. doesn't really matter. If you're on Spotify, make sure to uh, subscribe, follow, whatever it is. I forget the actual technical term that they have. Or, uh, you know, just share links. Download off of scorenorth.com. Anything and everything helps us out. Uh, comment on Twitter, Facebook. You can find us there. Um, and we will uh, always be back the following week with more Minnesota sports talk. Jason, artists, any final thoughts? Um, for me, peace out, Maya Moore. Congratulations on a fantastic basketball career. She officially retired from uh, professional basketball this past week, a four-time WNBA championship uh, champion, all with the Lynx. I don't remember how many titles she won with UConn. She is on the Mount Rushmore of Minnesota basketball, maybe on the Mount Rushmore of all women's basketball in general. And so uh, wonderful career, Maya. Best of luck in your retirement. Um, for me, Vikings fans, it was a fun season. I think they took a step forward. They didn't make the playoffs last year. They made it this year. Let's hope the new GM and owner can get this thing rolling. Wait, go Giants. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a good fight. For artists, Jason Stormard, um, I'm AJ Fredrickson. This has been another episode of Taxi Squad. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. Peace out.